Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening. Hey, Alyssa. Hello, I am broadcasting live from the scallop capital of Venice, California. We cook a single batch of scallops for dinner four days ago, and everything still smells like scallops. And I told Mike, if we cook those scallops, they're going to stink up the whole apartment, and we will not be able to get it out. And he was, like, wanting to do it anyway to switch things up. And... Man, I have vacuumed the carpet with a Dyson. I put out bowls of baking soda. There's candles. I boiled a pot of cinnamon. I've cooked tacos. I've cooked bacon. I've tried to layer <laughs> other worse, not as bad smells over the scallops. And they are they are really fighting through. You kind of have to respect them, honestly. Oh, it is such a funny image to me. Like you had you had texted me about this whole, the night that it happened, and it was like everything smells like goddamn scallops. And now it's so funny to just picture. I just have a cartoon image of you and Mike in my mind, where you're like standing in an apartment yelling at each other about pies, <laughs> while it reeks of scallops. And that's uh, like my favorite image of you two. Yeah, Were the, the scallops, scallops good at least? Uh, yeah, they were good. I mean, I enjoyed. Uh, yeah, we 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 made a nice <laughs> wine sauce with them. It was great. Ooh. It was a delicious, like very healthy slash sophisticated dinner. And he was right. It was a nice change of pace for sure. But the scallops are in charge of the apartment now. So <laughs> <laughs> scallops are the captain now. Yeah. It's. Basically. I also hope what's happening happened to me happens to everyone who's listening. Which is, I was like oh my God, scallops do sound good and do sound like it would be spicing it up. But I also don't want my place to smell like scallops. You know what? I it's like such say, a weird Jedi mind trick to wish upon your worst enemies. It's a nice break from thinking about everything else because all I think about <laughs> is scallops and how do we de-scallop the house. So. <laughs> you said that you walk into the room and you both will just whisper, scallops. Yeah. <laughs> Every time we audition a new thing that may take the smell out, it's like you have to leave the room and come back in. And it's like, no, still scallops. Scallops. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's talk about um, Real Housewives of New Jersey. Some breaking news this week. Oh, yes. How uh, juicy. Can you can you could do a good summary of it, I bet. Yeah, I love being right about stuff. And like from the literal inception of this podcast, we've insisted that the housewives were just as interesting as the Sopranos. And Tony Soprano is the equivalent of a Teresa Judice. Turns out uh, we were right on the money because Caroline <laughs> Manzo's family, who owns uh, the Brownstone, which is an establishment where they have restaurant or like they have a restaurant there and then they do events there they'll do weddings etc um the her husband and their and the brother and their father the whole manzo clan they're all actually in the mob yeah like actually in the mob in the mob really in the mob and have ties (laughs) to the five families and um Like Tiny Manzo, who was Caroline Manzo's husband's father, was murdered and found like all cut up in the back of a a car. 
Um, mm-hmm. And on the on the show, they asked her about it, and they asked her like, you know, there's rumors that there's mob ties, and her response was how dare you, you know, <laughs> don't you accuse my family with their sweat, blood and tears. They are honest Americans. They work hard for their, li- you know, whatever. <laughs> I just want to say like, if anyone ever reacts to like that, to being accused of being in the mob, like that's, that means they're in the mob. <laughs> they're in the mob. They're a hundred percent in the mob. <laughs> so what broke this week is, so Dina, this is so bizarre. Dina is actually Caroline's sister and they both married brothers from the same family. So they are not only sisters, but they are also sister-in-laws. Which yep, is a, yep, yep, yep. I'm not sure how that works out as far as incest is concerned. It seems a little confusing to me. Um, <laughs> she married, I, what's his name, Tommy Manzo? Uh, and he co-runs the Brownstone with Albie Manzo. And her ex-husband after they got divorced in 2015 had hired a hitman to go beat the shit out of dina's new fiance or boyfriend and steal a bunch of shit from their house um and as they were sort of prosecuting this uh they they like pulled a thread on a on a large mob quilt it seems like and everything (laughs) just like came undone and all these connections to different mob families have been revealed through like the person that was hired who was a who was like a soldier for one of the mob families. And then Tommy was named as like a made man. And it's very, I'm literally watching the Sopranos right now and it's exactly what it is. Yes. Uh, uh, how great. Yeah. Man, exciting. we are right about um, everything. Yes. <laughs> that is the point of the podcast to listen to us be right. <laughs> it is such a juicy, you did a really good job of retelling like a pretty confusing oh, like you. web of relationships, but it is uh, a very juicy little rabbit hole to go down if you guys want to go down the Real Housewives of New Jersey mob rabbit hole. It's great. Yeah, there's a really good Instagram account called Bravo Historian and basically what they do or what she does is gather all that info and put it together in an Instagram story. And so if you want to like really do a deep dive, I suggest looking at that. Um, Mm -hmm. It was very helpful. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, crazy, wild, very, very insane. Um, What about Siesta Key this week? Do you have anything from, from that show? We, I think you and I were both impressed by uh, their, you know, mission to edit out he who shall not be named. And it is the most impressive to me in this episode when they actually do show a scene with him and Alyssa that is like pretty it looks as though it was initially shot with the intention of him not being in it there's like these really big wides where it's just his back and then there's shots of like his body behind the car but you could still see Alyssa standing by it and I was like wow was how did they this seems like this was like filmed somewhat irresponsibly but then it was a happy accident I don't know as you're saying this I just had the thought do you think they did pickups (gasps) no I don't think he would do that do you think he would do that? Do you think maybe he would have to do I that? I mean, he's under con. He's under well, no, some she's, kind of contract. She's, she was pregnant, so her she would look right. different. Yeah, I guess it would have had to be a pretty quick turnaround from giving birth to going. Yeah, <laughs> to going to reshoot. All right, conspiracy theory debunked. <laughs> Never mind. Never no, it's mind. It's a good question. It's a really good question. Um, 
But no, I thought that was interesting. I was like, good for you guys. Because it's still, especially this, like, once this pregnancy, you know, it feels weird to say plot, but pregnancy plot is becoming more prominent in the show. It's it's going to be harder and harder to not include him. So that scene was interesting, just the way that they did it in terms of television making. And then I also thought, this is like neither here nor there, but the birthday party for JJ was really refreshing to me because it seemed very fun and easy and it was just like a party in somebody's backyard and it wasn't like this huge fucking mansion party or yacht party or like everybody's on jet skis it was like oh this looks like a fun like very doable like we could even do this in LA and like it was uh just everybody with solo cups in the backyard like swimming in someone's pool I was like fuck yeah I appreciate that yeah I, I liked agree. Amanda like going low-key for this birthday party for sure maybe accessible. it's just because she doesn't like JJ that much yeah yeah maybe <laughs> I'm so I'm I'm scared of his energy but you know we don't have to spend yeah. a lot of time on that but yeah no I I agree and it made me long for the time where you know people would get invited to go hang out at other people's houses for sure that seems like a real (laughs) treat right now it's true oh speaking of the reason we can't do that is because of coronavirus which ramona (laughs) and her daughter avery just (laughs) tested positive for the antibodies and the like link that you sent me about it is you know it's not a funny topic but man the it's just a funny story of them like say, having all the symptoms such a seamless segue taylor i just needed to take oh, a moment you. to appreciate how well you linked those two topics together sorry i don't mean to interrupt keep going she's getting good at podcasting <laughs> y'all uh yeah i uh i don't know i'm pretty good at this i guess now it's all i do so but yeah, isn't it so wild? They like fully and the picture of them, just like the two of them standing next to each other, smiling. And it's like these dorks had the antibodies and for sure had Corona. I had no idea. And the first my of course, my first thought of was it's like how much Ramona loves her like goddamn parties. And she's like always throwing so many parties. And I just had this horrible image in my head of her just like coughing all over her nice silverware before throwing like a women networking coming out ball. Like <laughs> Uh. yeah it's crazy to me that they decided for whatever reason to like come up with every single other excuse besides maybe you just actually have the fucking virus that's highly contagious that's going around the entire world right now like i think especially avery's symptoms were like loss of taste loss of smell maybe we didn't know that those were symptoms at the time that they had it but it's like that's a pretty unusual thing that doesn't happen from a sinus infection like you should probably just call the doctor in case you know what I mean yeah how straight I just I haven't thought especially now like that anyone who would get even remotely sick would be like that's probably not that though like why wouldn't you why wouldn't you just assume it was like just just assume it like that's the we're all we're you're supposed to assume you have it no matter what and then operate like that and like so the idea of being so sick and being like but it's probably not that just like what yeah what a I weird swear to God, backwards way of thinking anytime I have to like take a nap or something in the middle of the day I'm like it's COVID it's definitely COVID like <laughs> I, I just can't imagine not living like that right now I know I know the other thing uh, that's interesting to me too about this is like I have found myself getting a little bit fooled by social media when I'm seeing all these people like you know they're flying on planes and they're still doing like all this glamorous shit and part of my brain even though I know it's wrong goes well if they're doing all that shit then I can go like swim at Taylor's house like that's not a big deal you know like you you want to do it on like a sliding scale even though it's very much like a yes or no you have or you don't have thing Mm -hmm. um and so 
you know, I've seen Ramona, like, in Florida, gallivanting. Leah, one of the other housewives, was, like, really mad about how she was acting. And now we know it's because she actually already had COVID, so she doesn't have to worry, I guess. Oh, my god! Or I don't know. Yeah. We don't know if you can get it again. So don't – this is not a science podcast. Please don't take what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, we said we were right about everything, but that was, like, right. not about, like, science, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's it's – tricky because it's like you see her going into like an ice cream store and just hanging out and having a Sunday and I'm like oh I wish I could do that but she knows that she already had it and she recovered so she's in a different situation and she didn't reveal it until like months later which I think is rude and lying and strange you know yeah you should have the whole thing doesn't track yeah yeah but she's also as we've learned in this next episode not the most trustworthy person no Um, how'd you feel about Roni this week after a few weeks off of Housewives? Oh, I missed them. And I didn't even know how much. Like, I feel like when this hiatus started, I probably said it on the pod. I was like, it's fine. I'm ready. Like, I could I could take a break. It's okay. Like, I was feeling a little used and abused by reality TV in recent weeks. And so it felt nice to just like it went kind of it was just like a silly episode with some funny things that made me laugh so I mean it's certainly still like one of the franchises with like all white people and there's still a lot of problems about it but I do I did laugh at a lot of crazy things that were said (laughs) Uh, and I also I was giving them way too much credit kind of like what we said about the siesta key Halloween party I was giving them way too much credit for not having problematic costumes yeah (laughs) I I was like oh thank god God. So I will say, and I didn't know if I wanted to bring this up, but uh, because obviously I'm not an expert in this, I was like, isn't voodoo a problem? And I Googled it. So it's very interesting, though, because the example that they used um, about why, like, the Hollywood version of voodoo isn't accurate is, like, it smashes a bunch of different religions that are non-white, non-Christian religions together and kind of just, like, turns them all into this you know big uh visual like hollywoodification thing about uh religions that we don't really we're not well versed in and makes them seem scary right so obviously that's Mm -hmm. like a little bit problematic and but then the example that this npr article i read said was imagine if someone you know did the same thing with jesus christ and (laughs) luann had like a crosses and jesus everywhere at the halloween party in like a scary way so i was like okay i feel like we're still kind of above board here Neutralizes it, yeah. like sort of. Yeah, yeah that's a good. I, I think it's funny too that you said that you looked it up because the first quote that I wrote down was Ramona saying, "And okay, so I looked up voodoo on the internet because <laughs> she obviously didn't know what it was." But then, what's great is she like clearly finds this like image related to an image related to an image where she's just like wearing a costume from like the Zelda video game. Right, like she's wearing something <laughs> so out of that theme, it's beyond logic. And then she make Sonia wear a matching costume with her because she quote doesn't usually like Sonia's Halloween costumes I was like all of this is wrong you're wrong about every single thing uh and the other thing I wrote down that made me crack up is like they have they have a great case against Ramona right because Mm -hmm. she she is clearly like not the best friend she's like being the really really fake socialite in a lot of ways and I'm sure she's like sort of difficult to deal with and and Dorinda at the beginning of the episode is like trying to make, trying to explain all of this to Leah and Luann. And, she's, and you could like, it. she goes, watch what she's saying, but then listen with a different ear. <laughs> like, 
Dorinda, that doesn't make any sense. Like, I know what you think maybe you're trying to say, but you have a really, like, it's so easy to talk about why Ramona sucks and, like, what you're saying makes absolutely no sense. And I, all of these women just say crazy shit and they have no problem saying it slowly and surely, just like this. You watch what she's saying and listen with a different ear. It's so funny. I'm also loving and kind of in the same vein, I'm wondering if they're still being produced during their interviews. They have to be. They have to have someone in their ear on a screen or something nearby. But I have always wondered when they record the inserts of them talking about the events that happened, you know, so like do their talking mm-hmm. heads. And I feel like now I've never found a straight answer on that. We got such a peek behind the curtain because logistically speaking, they weren't able to film all the necessary talking heads to put into this episode. This clearly took back took place back in October and they had to film the interview sometime this after the shutdown in March. And I just mm-hmm. think it's so interesting because like I usually it's so seamless. It seems like they don't know what's going to happen like in the next moment. You know, you know what I mean? They're talking about like what their head where their head was at or what their thought process was like right before something crazy happened. And I buy it. And now it looks like someone's poorly made web series. And <laughs> the lighting is so bad and the sound is really bad. And yeah. um, I'm just loving it was just making me laugh the whole time. Like, wow, I'm such a fucking idiot for falling for these tricks this entire no, time. That's such a good point. I felt the same way. It's funny that they like clearly the story editors are cre- are working with the initial footage first and then coming back afterwards and like giving cert- like so that they're not working with an equal amount of talking head footage, which I guess makes sense. Right so that they don't have just like endless hours of all of them sitting in front of this green screen and then piecing together but i it is impressive what you're saying that they can make it seem you know very like before a fight they'll they'll compliment each other or they'll they'll, they're very good at separating out the like emotions when they're talking about these memories uh it's also so isn't it such fun seeing their homes instead of the like bullshit green screen thing yeah for sure and like dorinda's house is crazy yeah (laughs) it's insane like cartoon uh and like avery walking through the background of uh, ramona's was funny and she was like don't even talk about that it's like not worth your time it's like it, it did feel as much as like the sound quality is stupid and it looks really terrible and obviously leah's looks the best because she's the youngest and probably the most technologically savvy yeah. sorry so her lighting is like great <laughs> yeah also for sure. she looked so hot yeah she do you think her hair is real no maybe it's so consistent it looks i mean it looks really good did you like when they have a scene with ramona going out with a matchmaker and first of all spends half of the time talking about how she doesn't need to be with somebody because she started to love herself yeah (laughs) and it's like you are literally out to dinner with a professional matchmaker (laughs) And she's like, I don't even really need anybody because I, I've really come to love myself. And then the, finally the matchmaker is like, so are you looking more for love or for money? And Ramona's like, I'm looking for love. I'm looking for someone to make me laugh and to take me to Europe in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, the two parts of love, Europe in the summer and laughter. 
and the um, matchmaker's like, that's, 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 that's not cheap. You know that. And she's like, oh no, but I shouldn't have to change my lifestyle. She's like, just such a caricature and just dumb shit like that. And like the dumb shit that Ramona, uh, Dorinda said about Ramona at the beginning of the episode was like, oh, I missed this. Thank you. I needed some of this just like very dumb Stupid bullshit. idiot women that oh, I get to laugh does. at. <laughs> She reflected on her old, like the last date that she had yeah. with the red scarf guy and said he definitely fit everything in my box. Oh, God. <laughs> Way to go, Ramona. Yeah, I was like, no. She no. also said she went on a date with a billionaire and she took him to her apartment and he was like, what is this, five million? And she was like, yeah. And he was like, you, you're a wealthy woman then. You don't need me. And she was like, and that was before he even saw my house in the Hamptons. And I was like, that did not happen. What are you <laughs> no talking way. about? A billionaire was intimidated by your, first of all, your apartment does not cost $5 million. <laughs> Like, no, I just didn't no, buy honey. any of that. And she's like, so men, wealthy men are too intimidated by me. And I was like, oh, with all your true faith and real housewives money, Ramona. Yeah, your real <laughs> Jeff Bezos wouldn't be able to hold a fucking candle to your apartment. Like, what are we talking about here? She's out of her mind. But I love it. It's great. Um, See, there's so many easy ways to shit on her. <laughs> I love seeing um, Jill Zarin back briefly. That was exciting for me. And she just oh, saw the yeah. chaos and was like, I miss you girls. Cheers. <laughs> and you're just yeah. like, oh, no. <laughs> um, and then like towards the end when they were trying to wash off Leah's hands or something, Luann grabs a bottle of vodka and starts pouring it on her hands and goes, here, vodka kills everything. And I thought to myself, including you, Luann. <laughs> Including possibly you, my dear Luann. (laughs) Anyway, also, I know that vodka does not kill the coronavirus, so do not try to disinfect anything with vodka because apparently it doesn't kill everything. So, nope, nope, nope. All of the fun facts that we're learning in this. You guys come here for jokes about alcoholism and science, right? (laughs) Uh, Speaking of, you have homework and you have to make your martini before next week. Correct. Okay, I'll have to report back with a dirty martini update um, Mm -hmm, next week. mm -hmm. at least we have like an extra day to be drunk this weekend so yeah <laughs> yeah while well, we celebrate the worst holiday that we have so yeah uh wait did you hear this is just a sports related thing that the Redskins are changing their name wait did they officially announce that or did yes. they say they were doing an investigation into it no this morning <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> there's such pieces of shit they're like fedex is like we literally own the fucking arena or stadium that you play in and we want you to change it we own you guys and they're like mm, we'll um investigate whether we'll this thing about is problematic <laughs> no they're a bit i guess the they're changing it because nike pulled all of their merch from their online store wow <laughs> which is you know the final last straw for <laughs> like it's amazing it's, What did they, uh, did they say what they're changing it to or no? No, they haven't. And I can't help but think about, have I told you the story? I don't know if Mike was still at Ithaca when this happened, but Ithaca was the Ithaca Bombers. Right. And they, uh, my, so he must've been my freshman year. The school was like, this is shitty. So we're going to change the, uh, logo and they let us, the students vote on what we wanted it to be. And we all voted almost unanimously that we wanted to be the flying squirrels. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and 
and then the, and then the college canceled it. And so they, just, they were like, you guys don't get to be the fucking flying squirrels. And we're like, why not? That's like what we are. Like, we're just dinguses next to Cornell. Uh, <laughs> and they just canceled the whole thing. So I, I am now picturing something funny. I, I think like technically they're still not bombers anymore. Like they're just like trying to get, lean away from it. But they didn't let us be the flying squirrels. And now when I was talking about the Redskins thing, I was like, oh, I hope that they just like let people vote and the same thing happens. <laughs> and everybody's Wait. like the flying squirrels. <laughs> Why was that even on the ballot if the school was never going to accept it? I know. Well, I think that they they let us pick the nominees. So oh like it was God. all from scratch. They were like, we want the students to pick it. And we picked <laughs> we picked the, the flying squirrels and the lake monsters because we were on Cayuga right. Lake. And then another oh, like phoenixes or something like pretty boring and like didn't make any sense. And uh, and then we all picked the flying squirrels and we were all so excited. I was like, I think this is hilarious. I'm happy to be part of this like history. And then the college was like, absolutely fucking not. This whole thing is canceled. Fuck you guys. Also, um, I have to say, I watched a long video on how agile squirrels are at jumping off of stuff and landing on their feet and twisting their body. And that seems pretty relevant to <laughs> athletics. So you know, oh, listen, I don't what see were why you doing? the squirrels have to take on this like bad <laughs> reputation that's not even accurate to their abilities. So what? What do you mean? My you mom... watched a long video about squirrels. Look, there's not a lot on TV right now. Okay. <laughs> My mom, this is insane. My mom sent us a video about this guy. This is makes him seem more insane than me. So. This man set up a squirrel obstacle course in his backyard at the beginning of the quarantine with treats that they to see how smart they were and how they could progress over the course of the obstacles and like learn, you know, how to handle things differently. And they totally did. And some of the things were like, if you pull the thing, then the, the door would like drop from underneath them. And then they suddenly had to be like more agile to land on the grass or whatever. And he filmed them in slow motion. Turns out squirrels are extremely adept at like whipping their head around and torquing their body so they'll land on their feet they never land like upside down or on their back or on their head whoa it's pretty cool look you're making fun of me now but you're gonna be a huge I fan <laughs> <laughs> anyway i'm just saying maybe do research uh ithaca you know <laughs> okay but i mean the redskins are gonna be the squirrels now i'm, what, yeah. I'm gonna manifest that into a reality crazy um well that's clearly awesome. we could be going down this for forever yeah. so i will try to put a stop to us and introduce okay let's do our... it no, i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> sorry i misread what you were saying <laughs> okay go ahead uh, our interview this week is very cool. It's about Portia of Real Housewives of Atlanta. And uh, we are interviewing and chatting with our new friends, Allie and Crystal, of the podcast Not Your Token Black Girl. Uh, and it's really fun. I hope you guys enjoy. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> well, there has to be an opening for the railroad at some point. Because somebody's driving the train. It's not electric like what we have now. <laughs> It would. It wasn't a train, maybe. Really? Like you really thought like there was an actual train 
that took them through? I'm saying the it wasn't it wasn't a train at all. It, they use it. That is just a euphemism, baby. It's a figure of speech. I'm thinking it was like widespread. No, it's almost hurtful to me to watch her be so dumb. It's a euphemism for people that are connected together, connected, trying to work their way to freedom. Right. Ding dong. He's not talking about put 50 cents on the train or on the damn public bus. But it wasn't really a train. You had to sneak to the next spot. Okay. You didn't hide and hide it. I know, I know that. Next spot and this was a stop on the road. One particular person made it. They actually no. went down there. How did they get it? Her grandfather, Josea Williams, just rolled over in his grave. It's not a it's real not a train. No, I'm saying, like, how did they even get through there in the first place? Portia, it's not a real train. All right, you guys. Today, I'm super excited to introduce Crystal and Allie, who are both co-hosts of the podcast Not Your Token Black Girl, a very funny, wonderful podcast. You guys should all listen to it. We appeared on it just a few weeks ago. They are also real-life best friends, which is always the cutest and most fun thing. (laughs) And they're here today to join us and talk about and celebrate Portia Williams of Real Housewives of Atlanta and all of the amazing, wonderful things she does. How are you guys? Thank you for coming. Yeah, doing good. I'm super excited. I'm like really really into you guys's podcast so (laughs) and i listen all the time so it's just exciting to be able to talk about one of my favorite things and favorite people who is portia (laughs) and i am blushing (laughs) (laughs) i am also a huge fan ali actually introduced me to y'all's podcast um when you guys came on our show and I've been listening frantically, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so good. And even so my husband's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm hiding in the bedroom so you and our daughter won't bug me so I can get some table flipping oh podcasts. <laughs> this is such a funny, like modern day meet cute because you guys reaching out, out to us about your pod then introduced me to you and I just had the same exact thing where now yeah. I'm listening to you guys and I'm like, oh my God, this Yay. is such a fun way to get a new podcast that you love because, you know, the best ones are always where you can really relate to the host and feel like you maybe would hang out in real life and now exactly. it's really happening I also exactly. not to get too off topic but in the in you guys's recent you did a pod about engagements and something was so funny to me when you talked about how it's like a very common thing for guys to buy a very impressive ring with a credit card and then get married and then the couple works off that debt together and I was like I was like oh my god that's something I've never thought about before I truly gasped in my car I was like no that's real life okay (laughs) I was like that's just something I haven't thought about before so I love that I love it no Um, yeah tell us a little bit more about your guys's podcast before we get into it and how do you guys know each other you're like our first internet friends which i'm very excited <laughs> yeah. about i feel like i'm breaking some like 1990s stranger danger rules but i'm so nice that this has worked out like very well like my mom is in my ear like you don't know these people but you guys have been so sweet and i gave ali my phone number like right away so I, yeah, no, and I, I tried to tell you i was like i'm sorry i'm not a creeper i promise no, it was i'm very just like sweet. one of those people that i'm when i meet someone so i lived in la for a little bit And I remember having a hard time because a lot of people were like, 
weird about making friends. And I come from Austin where we're kind of just like, let's be friends. Like if you're, we like each other's vibe, like we're going to talk. Like it's not a big deal to exchange numbers. So when I moved there, it was very different. So that's why when I messaged you, I was like, yo, I'm not a creeper. I just like, (laughs) when I vibe with somebody, I'm like, okay, let's be cool. (laughs) I'll let Crystal tell you guys about how the podcast started and I'll kind of tell you how we met. So we met in college and Crystal was a dancer (laughs) and I was a cheerleader. And at first we kind of hated each other. Was not, we did not instantly vibe. Okay. (laughs) But then we like, you know, had mutual friends and stuff. So we started hanging out more and we've been best friends since we just started Like, I was probably the one bugging her at all moments. Like, I would like to come over. I need to be in your space. You know, like, (laughs) just so annoying. But she decided to be my friend, and I've been bugging her ever since. Um, And then, yeah, I think, you know, with the podcast, that coming about was more so, you know, Crystal's brainchild and me kind of wanting something else to do because I always am down to do a new adventure. And so, yeah. So, yes, we started the podcast as a way, um, like Ali said, we've been friends since college, and over the course of the time since college, our lives have drastically changed from when we could just walk to each other's dorm. We needed a way to stay connected more often um, and to really um, preserve our friendship as life got crazier. And so um, we decided to start a podcast. At first, we didn't know what we were going to talk about, why we were really doing it, it, how it would go. We had no idea what we were doing. But one thing that um, we both felt passionate about was bringing or highlighting the voice of African-American women that don't necessarily fit into all stereotypes. Um, And Mm -hmm. so that's where we came up with the title, Not Your Token Black Girl, um, because often in our lives, we realize that we were the only. Um, And whether that's you view that as a good thing or a bad thing, it, it has come with a unique set of experiences that we're realizing are unique, but at the same time aren't unique. There are a lot of um, African-American women and just people in general who feel like they've played some type of token role. Um, And so we touch on all types of topics um, from from the heavy stuff like race and race in America and and what's going on with that to the lighthearted topics of stop putting your engagement rings on a credit card (laughs) 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 Uh, and everything in between. So that's kind of how we landed. It's really a safe space for, you know, black women and their allies or or anyone who's ever said, I'm not your token, whatever. Fill in Um, the blank. Fill in the (laughs) blank. There you go. Um, It's a place to just come and kick back and laugh or, or bond over whatever topic. So we always like to ask our guests um, what their relationship with reality TV is and specifically, um, you know, how you found Real Housewives of Atlanta. Ooh, okay. So I found Real Housewives of Atlanta many moons ago. Um, <laughs> like when it first came out, I was a huge fan of the show um, because there were other franchises that had come along. Um, and I was like, yeah, that's cute, but... I can't really relate. And then Atlanta hit and I was like, Oh my gosh, these women are a hot mess. And I kind of went through college, grad school, my early twenties rocking with Real Highs of Atlanta. And then life hit and I fell off. Um, and in full transparency, I spent the last 
few days binge watching oh, no. all of the Housewives <laughs> of Atlanta. I, I love it. Thank you. <laughs> yes. So I was like, why did I fall off on this show? Um, so I've been soaking up all of the gossip columns, the reunions, the episodes, and Allie is like, no, don't start there. Start here. Watch this one. Don't watch that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that has been my relationship uh, with Housewives. But Portia has always been my favorite since the beginning, since she came on. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, that. like, Housewives, my reality TV addiction's pretty real. So I'm like, I don't have, like, a ton of life drama at all times. So, like, that's my thing is watching reality TV. I watch housewives of atlanta since nini had the like auburn colored short hair Mm -hmm. and the long hair you know i followed (laughs) every single thing and i also when quarantine started that was my like guilty pleasure that's what i watched i rewatched every episode from the beginning wow just like as a thing you know um but yeah love housewives of atlanta um really I even love, I don't know if you guys have ever watched this show. It's the trashiest of the trash. And I know that's awful to say, but it's like my favorite. But Love and Hip Hop Atlanta is also. And there's like some intermixing with like people that know each other from both shows. So it's interesting to see that stuff online because they're like real friends versus like TV friends. Um, So that's cool. And then. I mean, I don't know. I could literally talk about reality TV all day long because I <laughs> love it. Do you think – I love that you're like, I don't have a lot of drama in my life, therefore this is it. <laughs> I, I do yeah. think a little bit of it is – because, like, uh, on one of our, like, very first episodes, Alyssa was like, I wish I could be more confrontational in my real life. So that's oh a big gosh. part of, like, do you feel that way? Or is there a part of this drama that you're like, I wish I had more of this? Like – I mean, it's weird. Me and Alyssa must be soul twins because I legitimately, (laughs) like in my life, I'm like, I wish that I could get, sometimes I have a pretty large girlfriend circle and I'm probably the only one that never wants to like start anything. Like I'm just so non-confrontational. I'll just be like, no worries. Like it's fine. Or I just won't say anything. But sometimes I watch Housewives of Atlanta and I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm going to have to use that line next time. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like writing down those reads. Like, yeah, I need stuff to say because I literally just I don't know. I actually went to brunch this past Sunday with one of my girlfriends. And Wait, I was what? telling her <laughs> I did. I know I'm in I'm in the world. But they but you know what the cool thing is? I live in Austin. We have literally been like. And I've also been protesting. I'm just with the shits, okay? Yeah. Oh, God. So, but they did have spacing. Like, you sit on the patio and each table, there had to be another table between you. So it was very spaced mm-hmm. out. But I did go to brunch. Like, I was starving for enchiladas. <laughs> um, and so I was telling my girlfriend, because we have, we have, like, a little core group that we hang out with mostly every weekend. And it was just us two that day. And I go you know what, I think we would literally, if you think about it, some of the shit that we say amongst each other, imagine if we had, like, camera crews for every time, like, we're sitting here at brunch talking shit, or you and um, our other friend is, like, you know what I'm saying? That's how you build Mm -hmm. a drama. But it's, like, we don't have camera crews, so it's just fucking boring, you know? (laughs) 
I love so much that you're like, you have to confess that you went to brunch and then your defense is, I'm out in the world. <laughs> like, you're just like, I am out I in the world. Because that's like the new, the, I need an enchilada and I'm at protest, I'm out in the world. Like that is, it's yeah. funny, it's the new. I was just thinking about this the other day, specifically with brunches, like, it used to be that, like, okay, if we're going to go to brunch, who are we inviting? And, like, oh, this person has, like, a gluten allergy or this person doesn't like that restaurant or this person's, like, yeah. ex-boyfriend works there. And now it's going to be, like, <laughs> in addition to all that, will this person feel comfortable with, like, how the they're handling COVID? Are the tables far enough apart? Yeah, are they using yes, to-go yeah. stuff? Like, that will be so ingrained in our social lives now, even in ways that I don't even think we're, re- like, fully to anticipate of, like, who wants to go to brunch and who is comfortable to go it's to stressful stress it's no longer out. just brunch you've got a no a it's so much you have to go reasons. out in the world <laughs> yeah. you have to announce that you're going out in the world we didn't have to used to do that you and know? deal with the covid shamers i'm such a covid shamer and of course <laughs> the irony is i could have covid but Which i'm such a covid no i went to brunch okay. <laughs> see what i'm saying just keeping secrets Yeah, we, I mean, I think my my boyfriend Mike and I have been some of the strictest people we know. And Taylor very sweetly a couple weeks ago threw me like a surprise social distance party, but it like consisted of just like the four of us and them staying like as far away in her backyard (laughs) as possible. And she set up a whole like social distance station with like a cooler with my own alcohol and hand sanitizer. It was so sweet. It was the sweetest. And I can tell that we are absolutely the most annoying friends when it comes to COVID. But, you know, that's you accept people for who they are. It's very nice. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And it's also comforting because we are just like you, like you and Mike, when we are at our best, we've just had more weak moments, too. And then it's also comforting to be like, also, there's people who are really staying strong and they're really helping us. So it's not at all annoying. It's very aspirational. Um, All right. Well, let's get a little bit into Portia's journey I was thinking about you know where she started and how we were introed to her and how she was characterized at the beginning of this show and she's I mean we've really watched her evolution and she's like grown into such an incredible presence on the show and she started off as like such a funny um like I think she got a little bit of the dumb edit, but I always felt like I was laughing with her because she could easily laugh at herself. And now, I mean, just to think about her marriage to Cordell and all the things yeah. that have transpired transpired since then, I'm just so impressed with her, like sticking with this show and showing us all of her journey. Um, mm. Do you guys remember? So, for people who don't know or who haven't watched as long. Um, Portia was initially introduced as sort of a, I would say, like more submissive, traditional wife who was told by her husband that she could not have a baby and a career. Like there was a lot of discussion about that. And there was a famous episode where all the girls wanted to go to a strip club for fun and they and Portia really was like, I'm not comfortable with that. Cordell would not appreciate that. Um, and she got a lot of shit for it and she stuck it out. And then spoiler alert, Cordell announced that he was divorcing her on Twitter eventually. (laughs) Um, do you guys remember that whole situation? And like, what was your take on when you initially met her? Yeah, I remember the whole thing. And when Portia first came in, she was like 
almost conservative, right? Like, yeah. she was funny a little bit, but she came on and she was playing, like, the little sis role to Nene and, like, the wife role to Cordell that was very much so, like, I can't go to the strip club. I have to ask my husband. And what's funny is, and this is another spoiler, but, like, fast forward, look at how Kenya acts now yeah. with her husband. <laughs> and I'm like, like, I was watching the reunion. I was like, bitch, you talk so much shit about Portia when she was married and she was just trying to, like, be what she thought a wife was supposed to do, supposed to be and be, like, submissive and, you know, cooking meals and stuff. And I remember him even saying, like, Cordell was telling her at one instance about her not having kids um, and trying to have a career, but also not having her parents and like her sister show up just anytime like at their house yeah so there was like that kind of stuff and I remember just being like oh my gosh like this poor girl and then fast forward you look at like other people's marriages and it's like um, (laughs) nobody's perfect I mean that's what we love about these shows is like even though I love Portia so much it's not like she's had she's been on the correct side of every single argument and we'll get into that a little bit um but it's like such (laughs) an honest portrayal of like hey you know don't throw stones like nobody in this situation todd uh greg can and anybody kenya's been with like it's (laughs) you can't you guys really shouldn't be pointing fingers at anyone seriously um but that's just part of i don't know that's relationships are complicated and especially when you're married for a long time like your needs change and i think it was really inspiring to watch portia you know be sort of step into herself like yeah and and fully own who she is and and what kind of relationships she deserves to have I agree with that. Um, what I liked, what I like most about Portia is she is so open with her journey of evolution as a woman, right? Um, I think while, like you said, sometimes she's on the right side of the argument, sometimes she's on the wrong side of the argument, but aren't we all, right? Mm-hmm. And so I yeah. feel like with sometimes with some of the other characters, they get lost in just that, playing the character for the show. But I think here... Um, Portia has been one of the most authentic um, voices on the show throughout her time there. So it's allowed me to be able to relate to her even more Mm -hmm. because as a woman, as a, as a young woman, we're all, well, I'll speak for myself in my thirties, Portia's also in her thirties. And so I've kind of gone through a similar evolution um, along the same timeline as Portia. So it was just really nice that while, when she first came on board, she fit a certain box and to see her kind of shed that box and morph into what she wants to be. And I don't think she's done evolving um, because the current relationship relationship she's in, I'll be, I'll be curious to see if, how that works. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but it's just been very refreshing that she's been so open and transparent about how she's grown over the years. Yeah. Um, I saw uh, and maybe by the time this premieres, we'll have more clarity on this. I saw a rumor that she's pregnant with baby number two. Mm-hmm. I oh, saw that too. Really? I had so many feelings about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> share them. Share. What do you think? So for all the housewives is, um, I think they do a poor job at shining a positive light on African-American women when it comes to baby daddies um Mm. i don't think there's a single woman on there that has had all of her children by the same man 
correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong, but I, I don't think there's a single character. And so I feel like Portia is trying to be that character. And I'm just curious to see what all she's willing to sacrifice to have that anti-stereotypical picture mm-hmm. of I'm, a, I'm now a wife to Dennis and these are potentially our now two children. I know she's got um, PJ and potentially baby number two, but I'm just... I'm seeing her sacrifice little bits of herself to keep up this image um, that is so mm-hmm. counter to all of the other women's family situation, if you will. So in, in one hand, I'm like, okay, thanks. Finally, we're seeing a regular family. We don't have all these different baby daddies and step this and all of that, but she's sacrificing her sanity. And as we can see her mental health um, and all of the, therapy sessions she's gone through they've gone through as a couple is it is it worth it Mm -hmm. I guess will be the question I but I I think that's kind of normal I mean every relationship has its own like things I'm like really proud of Portia's growth right um I'm glad that she I mean I know she didn't want to get out the situation with Cordell but if you would have seen after she was divorced like that the way that she was and how she was like building herself back up and then the next season after that, she's like dating this guy just for a baby. And then the season after that, you know, like if you see the progression and if you've really watched, like I think this relationship is the first time she's like, okay, I'm going to put in the work for this relationship similar to I did with similar to the way that I did with my marriage. And because I have this kid. Right. And I think that, that there's something powerful about still trying. Um, now I don't condone like, so Dennis cheated. Right. And Mm -hmm. so I think that was like shit. And especially because she was pregnant, like it's awful. And I know throughout the season, she's she struggles with it. She's like, should I try? Like, should I do this? And so that's the reason she was going to counseling. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, To try to get into the space to do a family um, with him. And, you know, yeah, go go ahead. ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, I think that speaks to them both trying I think it's really interesting, too, that um, out of most of the couples we see, except for maybe Candy and Todd, they are, Portia is being very open with the conversations that are going on behind the scenes, figuring out what's best for her. You know, like Kenya very much like kept the cameras away from that. I think that was mostly her husband's decision. I I don't feel like we get a lot of Nene and Greg's relationship uh healing discussions behind the scene we see nini saying she's hurt occasionally but Mm -hmm. a lot of the time it just it seems to come out of nowhere like what their new decision is um so i think it's really super brave after you've been publicly humiliated like that to show yourself crying in therapy and saying I really want to trust you, but I, I can't get past this right now. And seeing him getting like sort of fed up with that. And it's just a, it's a tough thing. Like I've talked about how I, people have cheated on me and I don't think that I could push past that. And so I really, uh -uh. I really commend her for like uh, sort of taking all this shit from her castmates and from the internet to try to keep her family together at the very least, you know, just make sure like, Hey, I just want to, I want to, if I'm going to, separate this family I just want to make sure that there's nothing else that I wanted to try exactly I think that's what what my thoughts were towards that I think it's also a little refreshing I think it makes us uncomfortable or it makes me uncomfortable to see that 
that that experience happening to her because I feel like when especially for all the housewives I feel like they're my friends right and if this had happened to one of my friends and like they and and their uh, fiance and the father of their child is somebody who cheated on them in this like really really horrific and embarrassing way I know that my first stance would be like drop him like it's hot like this is not what you deserve this is awful and I think that that is I would argue the majority of what people would say right and it may not feel like she's standing up for herself but I kind of feel like it is if she she's like I want to go to therapy I want to ask for these things I want a new wedding I want a new every like I feel like it's a really um I don't know unique way of watching somebody stand up for themselves Crystal do you feel like if there wasn't pressure for her to, um, as you said, have more children from the same man that she would be, uh, like she would be, if she wasn't on this franchise or this race possibly, do you feel like she would be making a different decision? And I hope I don't sound stupid asking no, that question. No, no, you don't sound stupid at all. I don't know. I don't know because hearing y'all's opinions, it's, it's an interesting take and not one that I had ever thought of before. Um, just knowing Portia's background, obviously she comes from a very well-known family mm-hmm. um, in Georgia in the South. I believe it was her grandfather who was very prominent in the civil rights movement. So she comes from this very upper class traditional background. So I don't know. I don't know if it's the franchise saying, Hey, we need one traditional, so to speak, family unit Mm -hmm. if it's her more conservative family focused background or if this is truly her saying hey i'm a ride or die you cheated we're gonna work through it i've i'm committed to this family because i don't want you know potentially a second marriage to fall apart and even though her and dennis aren't married yet they have a family together they've built a family so in my opinion i feel like that weighs even heavier than the marriage she had with Cordell because they were able to split and there were no children left in the balance where she started to create or she has created a family with Dennis. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a lot more weight here. So I guess I don't know. What I am interested to see is how their relationship will evolve and and kind of what the next steps will be. Um, I will say, you know, obviously my husband and I, we have a two-year-old. more babies does not equal better relationship. Babies are stressful. Um, They are fantastic and wonderful. And I love mine dearly. Comma, however, um, (laughs) they have the strong power to break a relationship if it's not solid because you are sleep deprived. You've got emotions raging um, from hormones and just everything else. So, um, so I don't know. But what is refreshing is seeing black people so open in such a public space talking about going to therapy because mm-hmm. in our culture, yeah. so often that's, you need to pray about it or it's kept under the rug. Don't let mm-hmm. anybody know. Um, and I think Ali and I have worked really hard, at least on our podcast to be very vocal um, about mental health and seeking help. Like, just like you have a cold and you go to the doctor, if you're not feeling mentally strong, you need to go to a mental health doctor and so that is yeah. refreshing to see her being so open um yeah I about think getting it's brave i mean because a lot of people there's not a lot of people that i know that would do it and i myself probably wouldn't do that so i think it's brave and then to do it in the public eye on top of that is mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's a lot yeah 
Yeah, she also, um, kind of under the same umbrella, has had, like, quite a few incidences of, you know, uh, punching outbursts <laughs> where she had to go to <laughs> anger management, which is, yeah. like, something that, I, you know, look, it's reality TV. Uh, anytime someone's getting in a fight, I'm loving it. <laughs> loving um, it, for But sure. it really is amazing to see how she went from being this person who could so quickly be triggered to a be violent Mm -hmm. um to being like sort of confident in her ability to be quick and witty and i think she's talked about how um she from working in radio she's able to like sort of cut people down with words which is like i I feel like very similar to being a comedy writer it's like you have to have the same skill set um and i feel like i've seen a change in her where she doesn't feel like she needs to like physically prove that she's being attacked or she's defending herself or whatever because of all the anger management that she went through and she can more so sit back and go like you know what I'm not gonna let you provoke me or or take my power away in this sense yeah, I just think mm-hmm. she learned how to read better. Yeah. <laughs> I think She's that's all that is. Because she don't, you know, you get so frustrated, especially think about, like, the thing with Kenya at the oh reunion. My like, I want to fucking you, beat the shit out of her. I want to beat the shit out of her, too. <laughs> and then think about it, you're so frustrated and you can't think of, like, a good, like, words that cut. Like, you're not Phaedra. Like, you can't cut her no. the way Phaedra oh did. Oh, my God. So you get frustrated. Brilliant. You're like, I just got to knock this bitch out. Yeah. And so that's what she did, you know? And I think now if you see like how she interacts with the ladies everything is a read like she just be reading them girls the whole time and so she doesn't have to fight and I think that's a part of what's fun about her on the show do you guys feel (laughs) I know at the beginning of this series when it first premiered everyone was like you're making it's a model minority question right so you're making a bad name for women because this is the first opportunity for black women to show you know what their life is really like after other white women had had this opportunity do you feel like this is like a bad representation of people or do you feel like it's on par with the other franchises and so therefore it's not necessarily singling out any one specific race to make a comment on them i think it's on par with the franchise um but what makes it and uh, yes it's on par with the franchise um, and I, I love the show. I, I'm a trash human being, so I like trash TV. <laughs> um, but when we have so few representations of right. successful, um, yeah. African-American, um, men and women, because you, just like Ali mentioned, you know, Todd, um, is, is a business partner to, um, Candy. He's, he's just not a, you know, do nothing husband. Um, so you're, you're seeing African-Americans that are successful, that are entrepreneurs, that are philanthropists. Um, but then you've got this, this messy side. Um, and I think if we had the same amount of representation, um, that of other races, it wouldn't be so obvious if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, that's a good point. By the way, one of my favorite things Portia's ever said is when she called Kenya um, a slut from the 90s. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is my favorite line She's ever. the best. You were a so low-down slut from oh. the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> so terrible. It's so rude. 
I wish I talked about how I play, you know, before this whole pandemic, I play basketball and you would be so surprised how much shit talking there is on the court. And like, <laughs> I was taken aback by it. I was like, we are adult women for playing for fun. What's going on here? And so I feel like I had to really like sharpen my like uh, trash talk skills so I didn't get surprised or nobody could get in my head. And I was like, if only I had a teammate like Portia who would be right. willing to like back me up anytime something fucking crazy happened, you know? <laughs> I love it. I love right now, and we would be remiss not to mention everything that Portia is doing, both uh, on her own Instagram and on her own platform, and then also with Bravo in regards to everything that's happening with the current civil rights movement. Yeah. And I do think that a lot of those qualities that we are we're talking about right now and celebrating in her especially about the way that she communicates like so quickly so sharply so intelligently and so effectively mm -hmm. it's really exciting to see it now like her using it for this like huge and powerful and and good movement her grandfather it was a huge part of the civil mm -hmm. rights movement and yeah. you know walked across the edmund pettus bridge in selma with john lewis right so mm -hmm. i and it's so interesting because and this is like terrible but she's she's you know i'm just quoting what she said um in one of the first seasons she was on, she didn't understand the Underground Railroad. Oh, <laughs> and God. now she's, like, totally grown from that. And she's, like, a leader in in her own world. You know, she's she is a voice on Bravo that people are listening to. I mm -hmm. think she was playing a role. Yeah. When she said that. I mean, we can only hope. I mean, if your dad is basic, or your grandfather is in the trenches fighting for civil rights and you haven't heard of the Underground, Portia, stop it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I think it she was so sincere. Fair, you know, like I think they were hunting. Kind of what happened to Sheena on Vanderpump Rules this year, this season. <laughs> they were hunting for mistakes, and we all yes. look. We've made fucking dumb mistakes on this podcast for sure. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> same. I can't say that Portia acts as a voice for me in the, when it comes to like racial injustices. Like for I'm sure. not going to her to see like what her opinion is. Right. Yeah. That's just real right like I watch her on housewives yeah but um and I'm looking at Ange looking at Angela Rye for like guidance in racial injustice <laughs> right but yes. um but you know I think that that younger generation that's not really plugged into the Angela Rye's of the world or Tamika Mallory's is are able to go to Portia and she really is creating that space where it's like this is what's she's providing info on what's going on she's like showing you know herself out doing things and and people want to follow that so i think it's great i'm into it i feel like we need someone on bravo and it would yeah. feel like a little bit ugh, i never get this word right disingenuous disingenuous one of those two we'll mm -hmm. figure it out and cut around this <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, if you randomly if you weren't you know you have housewives who are out there protesting and so i feel like let's you know let's keep it in the family and and yeah we're bringing you know different voices in on watch what happens live but it's nice to also know that holy shit not all of them support donald trump <laughs> thank god yes. no for yeah. real thank you guys so much for coming on tell us where everybody who's listening can find your guys's podcast we're on um instagram not your token black girl and then you can find us on apple and spotify and google play 
Y'all, I said that like I didn't know nice. where I was. I want to redo that. <laughs> I was about to say. I'm not going to lie. I couldn't remember if we did NYT Beach. That's how I sound every time. And I did it for this interview, too. Every time I interview or intro somebody, I like slow down just a yeah. little bit to make sure that it's like it's it's correct. And it sort of makes me sound like I'm like reading like someone else's like script off. The, I, I, I no, really related to that. And I love that's it. Not, you that's know, fair. That's why I'm not mad about that under, uh, underground railroad comment, because I'm like, I asked Ryan O'Flanagan on our podcast. OK, well. If someone counted this much money, how many quarters did they count? And it's literally that number times four. And it's like, oh are my you gosh, a I actually, like, can you oh my gosh, do math? I think I heard that and I died. But I low key yeah. didn't and know, you know either. I like, I was literally trying to so. do math with you. Like, <laughs> it doesn't mean you're an idiot. It just means that it's hard to always be sharp on, you know, a live medium. Okay. I so meant to say is- seduced and I said seducted. <laughs> I was like, but she seducted him and also had to leave it in. It's like, well, that's just, you know Actually, what? We all been there and we all say word, stupid okay? shit. Like, like, Hashtag seducted. Well, let's just do seducted now. So you can find us on Not Your Token Black Girl on Instagram. And we are, our podcast is available on Apple Music or, guys, I can't. (laughs) I just have to let you know this is going in. All of this is going going in. It's too good. This is too good. Where are we, Crystal? Can you do that part? Like, I literally don't. I I know that we're on Apple Podcasts, (laughs) Spotify. And You're exactly where we are. You're just in the, in okay. the, the, the podcast places. I love it. <laughs> All the podcasty places. Okay, yeah. find us, guys. <laughs> oh, my God.